Welcome to Glam Mirror. Hi, I'm Dr. Tabitha Mir, and you are joining me for Glam Mirror. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Glam Mirror. And I have somebody on here who I've been so excited to talk about for like forever now. Allie Hilfiger, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Um, if you guys live under a rock, she's the daughter of Tommy Hilfiger, but more importantly, she's a survivor of Lyme disease and author of the book, Bite Me. And I have to read the rest of this. How Lyme disease stole my childhood, made me crazy and almost killed me. Welcome, Allie. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am really excited to talk to you today. I'm excited too because I think that, you know, if we could go back to when people remember, you were one of the first reality stars on television. And then all of a sudden, you know, things happened and you, you know, your book, you talk about how you're 18 years old and you wake up in the psych ward. Um, it's fascinating and it's sad and it's, it's inspirational. Well, it was also very scary and confusing at the time, but mm -hmm. it actually ended up being the major pivot uh, towards my road to a painful road to mm -hmm. recovery. Mm -hmm. When when was kind of the the first time, your earliest memory of something not being right with you? When I was seven years old. So I, I you know I got bit by a tick when I was seven years old. Do you old. remember being bit? Yeah, my mother remembers it too, and she pulled it off and sent it out to get tested, and the test results came back inconclusive. Mm -hmm. and, and they um, specifically looked for Lyme, and it came back they inconclusive. They did, yeah. Okay. And, you know, the tests are so archaic, and the protocols for testing are, are just yeah. so inaccurate. And they still are. They haven't changed. Yeah. I think so also because people issue. don't take it so seriously. I, 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 I hate to say that, but I feel like yeah. if this were, God forbid, HIV, it would be more pressing. I know. I think people don't understand that a lot of people can die from Lyme disease and it also can become so severe that they're completely unable to function. And, you know, it's kind of an invisible disease. It is. And normal for people to think that, I suppose. Well, also you wrote in your book, it's an, it, you look good a lot of times, like on the outside. Right. You look great. Yep. And people don't understand that you're sick. Right. Exactly. I mean, you can look great and some days even function normally and then other days just absolutely not. And it can be so debilitating. I mean, people have even had Bell's palsy and end up in wheelchairs and heart murmurs and, and uh, heart attacks. Mm -hmm. and it's just ins it's insane it's what a lot. this disease can do. Well, it's but a chronic dehabilitating disease and it, it yeah, works yeah. very progressively slowly. Um, would you mind if I take everybody back to where you remember this earliest um, incident of the tick? And sure. do you recall after that feeling unusual or mm -hmm. unhealthy? How did that feel? For me, it manifested in my body with a severe joint pain mm -hmm. and fatigue as well as a lot of strep cases of strep throat. So a lot of autoimmune type issues were happening with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what did your doctor say at the time? What were your parents thinking? Oh, they thought it was growing pains, um, that I wasn't getting enough proper sleep or, you know, I, I don't really, I remember when I was seven and I was having the, the joint pain, they said it was growing pain. Mm -hmm. They didn't think anything of the strep throat, so they didn't really go there. Isn't that interesting, having a history, an actual visible history of a tick bite, that they wouldn't have thought about that? Well, I mean, they still don't, I've yeah. got to tell you. I mean, even yeah. you know, in the 90s, yes, that's one thing, but still today, today, you walk in with a child saying she has headaches all the time, strep throat, she's exhausted, 
she's complaining of a lot of joint and muscle pain. Mm-hmm. And now my reading, my reading abilities eventually started to decline as well as my memory and retention levels. And they chalked it up to learning disability, ADHD. Mm. So it was a behavioral because you didn't look bad. You looked fine on the outside. And, and it's difficult to, the Lyme disease is a difficult disease to detect mm-hmm. with the testing that we have today. So even if you go in, with to some doctors and say, listen, I got bit by a tick. I even had a bullseye rash, which mm-hmm. only fifty wow. percent of patients That's do. Even, I mean, it's just bizarre. It's just crazy to me because we only learn about Lyme disease, you know, with the bullseye rash, and then we learn that that may not even ever something you'll ever see. You, you don't had have a the tick. Rash to have Lyme. No, you don't. But you know, like, as a doctor, like, oh, bullseye rash, but you never see it ever. As a doctor, right. I've never seen one. Um, having the rash and the tick, and it was still misdiagnosed for all those years. Oh my gosh! I mean. So I even had a friend say, I was upstate New York, I got bit by a tick, I got a bullseye rash, and I had felt like I had the flu and that my legs were going to fall off and really exhausted. She went to her doctor, mm-hmm. and her doctor said, no, you're fine, go away. Wow. It happens every day, all the time, and can you imagine that the most uh, people affected by Lyme disease are children mm-hmm. between the ages of 3 to 14 years old. They're the ones playing outside. Yeah. They're the ones playing outside and they're the ones, you know, that are getting bit and then they're manifesting in all of these physical symptoms and they ter- turn each one of them into like a behavioral issue. Exactly. So, exactly. It's so sad. I feel like what was happening, you know, is that you were progressively being misdiagnosed for how many years, do you think? Oh, almost 12 years. And so, with like a your lot entire of youth. Different diagnoses as well. Did you ever have to take a treatment on board for one of these things that you presented, like these mysterious symptoms that made you like not well? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They put me on a treatment for rheumatoid arthritis at one point and mm-hmm. fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, they diagnosed me once uh, with multiple sclerosis. They actually got a diagnosis. They suspected it might be, they said. Okay. Um, it's it's really crazy because... um. I'm just listening to this, and it's it makes me sad to think that this still might be going on today. You're saying that it still happens today. Why do you think? You know, that's a really good question. I, I think there's a lot of possible reasons. One is is that there's still not a, not a lot of research around Lyme mm-hmm. disease and tick-borne diseases because ticks don't only carry Lyme disease. Right. They carry a lot of other um, tick-borne diseases. And um, there's just not enough research, and I think that the science is... Uh, not there yet, and you know we're making a lot of strides in the medical community and the research community, but it's going to take some time. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you and wanted you to tell your story is because you did suffer a really horrible, you know, mental kind of, um, I want to say breakdown. There's no other way it to was. put it. It was. A, it was a major breakdown. And, and I want people listening to just hear your story in case somebody they know is going through this. Right. Could you take us through that? Because I know I read that your father is the one that had to basically force you to go to the hospital and how heartbreaking that was for him at the time. Oh, my gosh. I know. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine the weeks leading up to it and the days around that and the whole period of time. I just can't imagine what he went through. Yeah. Because you were going through a lot. You were self-medicating. You were a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid, and, and I also distracted myself from the pain through work. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I was producing and, and acting and doing all Yeah, you were things. in an off-Broadway play. You produced a film. You had just come off a pretty successful reality show. 
Um, right. And, and also, I was using mar- a lot of marijuana to ease the pain. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, the use of marijuana, as well as the stress from the show and graduating high school, and the fact that the Lyme disease had crossed the blood-brain barrier. Yeah, so you already had neurologic it, Lyme disease and didn't exactly. even know it. Yeah. And it just it debilitates brain function so much. And I think that the stress, as well as the marijuana, accelerated the the, the breakdown. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I literally went. I literally went crazy and out of my mind. What happened? Well, it. I started becoming really, really paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of anxiety attacks. I mean, and, and nausea is something that I've always uh, lived with, which is a, a symptom of Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And I was always super nauseous. I kept going to the hospital. I would have anxiety attacks and then nausea attacks. And then the paranoia started turning into um, a bit of, like, psychosis. Oh. I thought I was being followed. I thought that I was, like, getting all this information and not, a- not I was unable to put sentences together. I was unable to function normally. Um, I had no time awareness or space awareness. I was repeating myself over and over again. I was, like, writing on the walls in my mother's house. I mean, it was... It was insane. I couldn't sleep. And you probably thought you were going crazy. I did. Like in your own mind, you're like, what's happening with me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was I was literally saying, I need help. I need help. And everyone was like, what can I do? What can I do? I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Because you don't know what's I wrong. I thought that there were bugs in my body, which turns out there were. Yeah. And um, what do you, you mean know, there I were? I had, I, what? What do you mean there were bugs in your body? Well, I thought that there were parasites. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes, in my yes. body, mm-hmm. and it turns out, you know, spirochetes. There are these little yeah, bacteria yeah. from Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Technically, yeah, there were yeah. bugs, foreign yeah. things in my body. One of um, the things I have to tell you is that I remember, and I think it's really important to point this out. I remember watching you when you had your show on your major mm-hmm. reality show, and you know, it was funny and it was fun. And it was what it was, light and entertaining. But later on, years later, you said that you thought you knew you were suffering from Lyme at the time, which is why you had the behavior um, that you had, you know? Yeah. There were, there were little things like, all right, so sometimes the brain kind of flat lines mm-hmm. and things would come out of my, A, my brain would freeze and I would not remember a thing. Mm-hmm. B, things would come out of my mouth such as, oh, my dad invented cargo pants. I mean, I remember that. I said yes. that on an episode. I'm thinking, and after I said it, I'm thinking, why the hell did that just come out of my mouth? It's right. like, I know that's not true. Right. It was so, and it, it, it's like uncontrollable verbal diarrhea almost. <laughs> it's kind of the perfect storm. Like, I think you might have been, what, yeah. 16 at the time? I was, no, I was 18. 18, okay. So you're 18 at the time. You're on a, a very successful reality show. Mm-hmm. You are also suffering with neurological Lyme disease without knowing it. Like, that's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. And I had no direction or structure for after I graduated high school. Right. And you were kind of portrayed as um, the perfect pampered rich girl. And right. the the fact is, um, there's so much more suffering that you didn't even realize you were going through. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the TV show for, for glamour reasons and for production reasons needed to do certain things and show certain things that I wouldn't necessarily 
do course. on a daily basis. And that's like a TV show. Limousine to go prom dress shopping or, <laughs> yeah. you know, flying on a private plane to London. It just yeah. didn't, you know, I yeah. fly Delta. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. But it's it's it wouldn't be good TV if you flew Delta, you know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been good TV. And I <laughs> right. was so young and yeah. not, you know, I had no idea. Reality TV wasn't even a thing back no, then. No, you were kind of the first. Idea. I had no idea. And it's so funny because the whole show and the name of the show and the whole concept was so the opposite of who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm right. <laughs> right. But you know, so so do you think having been on that show, because it wasn't that far after the show where you had your um, breakdown and had to be hospitalized. Do you think the show being on that under that kind of stress um, contributed to it? Because you were doing that. Absolutely. Plus you, you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Stress is one of the major triggers for Lyme disease, mm-hmm. which is why I had to change my lifestyle. You know, a couple of years ago, I moved from New York to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and learned that I had to say no more often. I had to manage my stress levels and diet. And everybody around me needs to understand that, you know, I I need to do less than the normal, quote unquote, person. But I think I still yeah, I want to go to the, um, you know, just kind of talk about a little bit how you came out of this. And then I want to speak to educating people out there about Lyme. But, you know, you spoke in your book, Bite Me, um, which is a fabulous name, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. I love that name. That what got you through the darkest days? Well, before I say that, you actually found a breakthrough while you were in the hospital um, through a doctor who actually diagnosed you properly, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, it was actually after I, right after I got out of Silver Hill Hospital, mm-hmm. the psychiatrist said, you know, all of these symptoms are, are I have a lot of li- pa- patients with Lyme disease. They're all pointing to Lyme disease. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I've been tested and the tests have come back negative or inconclusive because I was tested a few times mm-hmm. with like very generic right. tests. And um, she said, honey, you have to just please trust me. Just go to this other doctor. And um, I went to him and several others after him and just the Lyme levels were through the roof. Oh, wow. Through the roof, along with Bibesiosis, which is like the, mala- the cousin to malaria. Mm-hmm. So I was experiencing a lot of night sweats and fevers and all of this. So you said what kind of got you through your darkest days is you knew you wanted to be a mom. Which I, knew I thought I wanted was to so be beautiful. a mother mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. And I knew I knew there was a kind of a greater purpose. But but being a mother was the possibility I was the oldest of five kids. I love children. Yeah. yeah. And you are now the mother of Harley. Yes, yeah, little and, Harley. And how old is she now? She's a year and a half. Did uh, first of all, congratulations! That was beautiful. Like I seriously, when I read this, Thank your you. idea of motherhood and that, that you had a baby, I, it made me feel so happy for you. Um, did the stress of being pregnant and going through childbirth were you worried that that would trigger symptoms with you? I was very, I was very worried. I was scared. I was scared. I was going to pass the disease on to Harley. Mm-hmm. I was scared that I was going to flare up again and have another relapse. I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to manage my life. And, you know, a few things is one is the Lyme disease was treated enough Mm -hmm. for it to not pass down to her. Mm -hmm. Because it could if it wasn't treated. You know, listen, I know a lot of people where where it's happened, it's 
the research is still this coming research out. doesn't say much about this. I tried looking they myself, don't. and I couldn't really get a decisive answer. They but don't. They're, they're working on that right now, and it's being proven. But, but can I tell you something very common sense? Happen. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, can I just tell you something common sense, um, common mm-hmm. sense-wise? If you drank alcohol during pregnancy, that would go to your fetus. Right. So it's very kind of common sense to worry that Lyme disease would too. Um, right. You know, so I understand that as a as a woman. Um, oh, now says so she's healthy and everything's great with her and and she's mother more than healthy. Good. She's like hard to keep up with. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam with Dr. Taba Samir. So you're actually going to be starting your own kind of podcast to educate people about Lyme disease and stuff. So, Well, more, more I mean, less about education of Lyme disease because I'll be doing that in other ways, mm-hmm. but more about talking to people about what their solutions are and what they keep in their toolboxes to, to be healthy and successful people. Everyone from fashion designers to celebrities to friends mm-hmm. to even doctors and experts and to say, you know, what, do you, what what is behind the scenes? What do you do to keep yourself well and balanced and thriving? And what are you doing these days to keep yourself well, balanced and thriving? I have, I'm a really yes person. So mm-hmm. one of the things in my toolbox is saying no mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And taking naps, mm-hmm. eating a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. And if I go out to um, dinner and want pasta and a glass of wine, I'll have it. And I will not feel guilty about it. I think self acceptance, self forgiveness, and self love is a huge part of life. Laughter. You know, keeping everything pretty lighthearted and also gratitude. Gratitude is so important. And I think people really us- underestimate the power of gratitude and, and a positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I'm really grateful to have been born with those genes. I mean, my father is, he raised me to be super optimistic and, and grateful. Uh, you know, it's funny enough, um, and I'm really, it's good, everything you're saying is good, because I talk to a lot of different people, and I think that we hear it all the time, but your attitude is everything. Um, your right. attitude is everything. And, and, you know, I had talked to this woman who was in a, in a coma with a near-death experience, and the only way she could get her body out of that state was through her mind and thinking positively. And that was like my aha moment, like, okay, there's a reason we should all be in a good mood, you know? Um, but the power of the mind is, is one of the most, it's the most powerful tool that we have. Yeah. And, you know, I sat on a, on a beach actually mm-hmm. after my last major relapse and I went and lived on a beach, which I was, you know, lucky enough to be able to do for three months. Every single morning I would write, I would do two types of writing exercises about uh, it's about like manifesting and, and manifesting positivity into my life and saying things like, I am healed, I am healthy, I am strong, I am rejuvenating. And I would say that over and over and over and over and over again every day. And, you know, I manifested a lot in my life. And I think that we really are more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Right. Um all right. So what about all of this? Like recently, you had a lot of attention, not you specifically, but Lyme disease has got a lot of attention, not all of it good on TV. Um, you had a you know major television uh, reality star, Yolanda Foster, who is gorgeous, struggling with this. And people 
actually every kind of cliche you can think about to not believe her, people didn't believe her. Some did, but you know, there was a lot of backlash as to the misunderstanding you speak of. Like, she looks fine. She's posting these great shots of herself on Instagram. I don't understand how she can be sick one day and be okay the next. But you say in your book, that's kind of what happens. That's normal. It's a normal case of Lyme disease. It's and I don't know why. Medically, scientifically, I mean, you'd have to ask a, a researcher about this. Right. And maybe it's something about the spirochetes kind of hiding dormant in the cell and then coming back to life. Sometimes maybe it's because of stress or diet. or I'm, I'm really not sure. But, you know, as but, a person suffering from it, you know, you can attest to that, saying some days you're fine and some days you're not. Yeah. And you know what? This is It's, it's her real life. I mean, some days she's able to be great and post a fabulous Instagram or show up at one of her daughter's fashion shows. And then, you know, the next day she could be on her ass and needing an IV. I mean, it's, this is normal life when you're living with Lyme. Why do you think there's so little understanding for chronic diseases? Why do you think people accuse you of, not you, but whomever, like uh, we all saw what, you know, kind of happened where people actually accused her of faking her illness, calling it Munchausen's. Um, why do you, why do you think that happens? Is it because the days that she looks good are so great? Do you think it's the duration of the illness yeah, think- it could be. I mean, it really could. It could be that one day you're really great and one day you're really not. And I think it's also very in- invisible. And, and and people don't. People never really talked about Lyme disease or heard about it. I mean, the more and more honestly celebrities that come out and say, "Yeah, this is a real thing," and doctors who come out and say, "Yeah, this is a this is a real thing," and it's really debilitating and difficult for people to deal with. I think there's a lack of education and understanding, and I think it's actually pretty ignorant. And pretty kind of cruel yeah. for people to judge somebody on, a, on an ailment, on an illness, on a handicap that they didn't ask to get. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. little bit ignorant in, in my mind. Um, and, but, you know, the thing I think it absolutely is ignorant. Um, people don't understand things. They try and make up, you know, what they think is happening. And also social media. Listen, are you going to post a, a crappy day on social media? Like you look at my social media, you think that I like go to 100 events and I'm, I live on the red carpet. But, you know, the right. fact is I'm not, not going to post. I'm not going to post me wearing a mud mask on a Friday night by myself. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to post that. <laughs> This is not going to happen, okay? Because I want to look cool. So you can't judge someone's life on their social media. It's like right. A fact. I think that's a big, big part of it. And I think Yolanda was pretty brave in saying, you know what? I'm going to post every which way, and I don't, you know, this is my life, and I don't really care. But listen, you're always going to get judged. You're mm-hmm. going to get judged a lot more when you're famous, and you're going to get judged a lot more when you're putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And personally, I just don't really care anymore what people think. Yeah. It's liberating, right? It's my life and (laughs) they can live their lives how they want. You also have been doing a lot of like, um, speaking like you you were at, it wasn't there like a Lyme disease foundation, um, global Lyme Alliance. I spoke at body (laughs) green. Yes. And I think it's great. Have you found people reaching out to you saying like, thank you for helping. Thank you for shedding light on this. Cause I can imagine there's a lot of people suffering in silence almost every single comment on yeah. my Instagram and Facebook and it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and it's so encouraging because I know that you know while I was writing this book I thought you know I'm I'm not doing this to get attention or to get people to feel sorry or anything like that it was purely about two things mm-hmm. one is raising awareness 
And two is helping people. That's all I've wanted to do. I've always loved it. I've done it since I was a child. Mm-hmm. I, I really get a lot of joy and pleasure out of helping people. And that's what's happening in the goal has it's made, it's made it, you know what I mean? And it's so gorgeous seeing how many people are coming forward and saying, thank you so much. Your book is helping me, telling their own stories. I think it validates people. Yeah, it does. I think people need to understand they're not alone with, with the oh, crime. Yeah. And how, what are you doing other than keeping yourself healthy, you know, your, your mind and your body and your diet? Do you have to take medications chronically for this or is it not well, like you know, that we're still trying to find, I mean, it would be great if there was like one magic pill that you could just take all the time that didn't do any damage. Right, right. <laughs> kept you really stable. Unfortunately, there's not right now. Mm-hmm. So if I'm ever thinking that I'm going to experience a flare-up, I have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. I can do a detoxification program along with an immune-boosting uh, program. Mm-hmm. I can do homeopathics. I could also put myself on antibiotics every month if I wanted to, right. but I haven't gotten there yet. I maintain myself with vitamins and um, going to different doctors and therapists and, and keeping my body balanced as much as possible. What would you suggest or advise to people who are going through this and are confused? You know, like they're scared, they're confused, maybe they got the diagnosis and they're not sure what's next. What would you tell them? Oh, it's a good question because I, I get emails and calls all the time I and I just, <laughs> wish I could just like wave a magic wand. And I wish I had one doctor mm-hmm. also that was not super expensive <laughs> I could right. send everyone to. But it really depends on the patient. It depends on their experiences. It, it depends on also what they're open to. Mm-hmm. There are many different avenues one can go down. There's the antibiotic route. There's the, you know, wacky roots of like sound vibration yeah. healing. There's so many different things. So what you're saying is can investigate all of your options to find out. I what's believe good that for you. no stone should go unturned mm-hmm. and that you need to go to every doctor and, and explore every treatment and see what works for you. Mm-hmm. Everybody is different. And the diet is a huge factor too. And it's a major factor. Yeah. Major, major, major. Things like processed sugars and, you know, sodas and all that high, high glycemic stuff. Those aren't good. Processed sugar. I mean, anything inflammatory and you can Google, you know, anti-inflammatory diet. Sugar is the biggest thing. Sugar is like, you know, there's other things you can take too. But, you know, in the 90s, or was it they had not even know, they they were all about these low fat diets. And -hmm. what they did is they added sugar to everything. And it actually made our entire you know, population bit fatter because <laughs> we were eating more inflammatory foods, you know? I know. So. Well, I believe in eating a lot of fat, mm-hmm. like healthy fat. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really good for the brain. Mm-hmm. It's great um, for the brain cells, brain, the, the great tissues, for the brain, but you brain have to membranes. Watch out for the mercury levels. So don't yeah. go out and eating like, you know, swordfish and tuna. Right. But, um, you know, I think really healthy fats, avocado, olive oil, even some really good clarified organic grass-fed butters. Mm-hmm. I really believe in, in, a, in a higher fat diet and um, to a lot of green, a lot of live vegetables, not frozen or overcooked. Mm-hmm. So you, you can really have fun. And, and you you know, they, some people say no dairy. I, I eat dairy. Yeah. You know, I eat feta cheese in my big crazy oh, vegetable green salad and put avocado and sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and nuts. I mean, and then I have steak and lamb and, and, you know. You have everything in moderation too. Everything in moderation. You don't have to be a nun or a Mormon, Mm -hmm. you know. 
I, you know, I, I go out to sushi and have sake with my friends. I mean, you don't have to kind of live under a rock. Yeah, and that would be too hard to maintain for the rest of your life, it's too. It's not realistic. Yeah. So it's all about balance. And, you know, you've learned a lot through your years of um, experiencing this. And where where can people learn more? I know that you have this book, but even since the book, everything you're talking about, your diet and your treatments, like, do you have a place where people can go to learn what you've come through and the solutions that have worked for you? Uh, my website is AllieHillFigure.com. Fabulous. And I do offer a lot of resources and I have a little blog because I feel like those are things that you've learned so much about what works for you that it's your way to give back and educate those that are, are going through this right now. A hundred percent. I tell anyone my skin routine, too, if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Anything like, to help people, I, I enjoy doing. I, I could talk about skin routines all day. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was so great to have you on and talk with you. And just Aww. like you've come, you've come through so much and now you're just like a, a great you know, source of information and inspiration to people going through this. Well, thank you. It was a real pleasure. I love sharing my story to help people. So thanks for giving me that opportunity. You got it. And you know what? I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. I know. Me too. <laughs> What's everybody's, uh, if you could tell everybody your social media so they know how to, how to find you or your, your website again, we plug that. Um, uh, at Allie Hilfiger, A-L-L-Y-H-I-L-F-I-G-E-R. And uh, Facebook is just Allie Hilfiger. And the website is AllieHillFigure.com. And we're going to have that. Simple. Pretty simple. Keep it easy. Um, Keep it simple. <laughs> I'm going to say to you, congrats on everything you've been through and where you're at now and for everything you're doing. I'm really um, excited for, for where you're at in your life right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> Good. And we'll see you next time. Uh, next time. Next time we do this. Fantastic. All right. Bye, girl. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.